This is Y'all Heard. Y'all heard. A podcast for me, Marissa Phillips. And me, Pete Phillips. Take some thoughts, some feelings, some some facts that we found, some trends that we spot. <laughs> we sort of uh, do a little bit of research on them. And then we put them into like a bowl. And then we sort of like toss them around. Like you're at a salad restaurant, maybe. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, those salad restaurants. Right. Yeah. Thank you. And then, uh, and then we present them to you. Oh, that was a little anticlimactic. Yeah, um, it was. <laughs> I was getting irrationally annoyed at what you were saying before you actually said anything weird. So then I was like, "Oh, you're just conditioned to be annoyed at what he says at that point." So then I made myself calm down, and I calmed down through the whole thing. I, uh, so and I was trying to base that one off of what you told me before we started. <laughs> Wait, what? That you have a bunch of stuff, you're not sure what order it's going to go in. <laughs> oh, yeah. It might go horribly. In other words, we tell you things you didn't know you needed to know, and we're not related. Phew. Oh, phew. What is... Um, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm okay. Mercy, you know what I discovered this week? What? That yawning is a side effect of Zoloft. Really? First of all, isn't that a weird side effect? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah? So does that mean it's like doing something to your oxygen? Because don't you yawn when something about oxygen? No, Marissa, please go back to the episode where I talked about yawning. <laughs> oh, oops. I thought yawning was like, oops, I forgot. <laughs> Nobody oh, knows God. why we yawn. <laughs> And that's the definitive, still nobody knows? Yeah, a lot of speculation, not a lot of proof. Yeah, why do I think that was like you don't have enough oxygen or something? Because that's one of the ideas, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, I didn't make that up, that's good at least. Otherwise, yeah, I guess I'm doing okay. I'm I'm just reaching for Thanksgiving so I can cook food and stuff. Ugh, right? I have to also. Is that it? (laughs) That's how you're doing? It it is yeah I don't have like much to report I think I think yeah like I think I'm I'm maintaining not that this is a therapy check in but <laughs> that's not bad honestly guys if you know Pete you know the maintaining is pretty damn good it is <laughs> I just got off the phone with my mom and I had to say something about my brother not like mean just like something a little bit like sensitive and I was like is is anyone in the room and she was like no and I was like are you on speakerphone. Because I won't tell you if you're on speakerphone. Because I'm always on speakerphone. She's like, yes, one second. So I tell her everything about my brother. And she goes, oh, oops, you weren't. I didn't take you off of speakerphone. And then. How long did you she talk? goes, at least three actual minutes. Yeah. Which is pretty long. And then she goes, Where you she know what? Cut in After I told her everything, she goes, you know what? Let me move into the living room. So I'm like, you were in the kitchen directly next to where my brother was watching TV? That was great. <laughs> oh, yeah, we got a new listener. Um, my friend, Mike Jackowitz, who I've known since I was very, quite young. Uh, I had him listen to one of our first episodes, and I could tell he zoned out and was bored because I said, um, so many times. But he said he gave our last two episodes a listen uh, this past week. He really liked your fart fan story. Uh, <laughs> that was a nice <laughs> plot conflict <laughs> He, he said his two t- takeaways were that your fart fan story was good and that the Hulu 90210 show doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, so I'm glad to know we're getting new listeners every now and then. And then nothing, too. Guys? I also uh, was listening to our Kanye episode, 
like in the episode I said if you have ever spent $170 on a t-shirt then don't listen to our show anymore what I meant to say was like donate to our Patreon <laughs> yeah that is what he meant yeah patreon.com slash y'all hurt also oh there's gonna go oh go ahead 570-POD-WOD-1 is our phone number if you would like to, you know, like, chip in for free and just say, hey, how you doing? <laughs> I think we should start doing advice phone calls, Marissa. Oh, that would be great. I would do that. If anybody's stupid enough to ask us for advice. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling my boyfriend that someone gives us money on Patreon, and he was like, you can get Patreon for anything? And I was like, you have to be doing, like, giving, you have to be making something. And he was like, can I just put a Patreon for my old podcast episode or for my old YouTube videos? I was like, you don't make them anymore. He's like, yeah, but like retroactively, can they like give? To- I was like, no, what are you? Shut up. We work hard on this. I feel like I heard you start to say we have some fun stuff on our Patreon. No, that wasn't what I was going to say. <laughs> Not what I was say. Not related to that. We do have fun stuff on our Patreon, though, guys. We do. I was going to say, but now it's so far removed. It's not like relevant, but I was going to say, in case you like felt bad for me because I was like my life is not that bad and it's not that good, I just want to let you know that this is the sweet spot for me. Yeah. Because excessive happiness makes me anxious. <laughs> not even joking. Like I was having like a nice weekend with my boyfriend and we were like laughing so much and like so in love and I was like, fuck, I need to tone this down. I need to <laughs> dial this down, or else it could only go down. Because <laughs> baseline. It could have ups and downs. Yeah. But when you're only happy, then it could just crash, and it bums me out. But weirdly enough, when you're sad, it can always feel sadder somehow. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. So that being said, me being just mid-tier is the sweet spot for my life. Yeah. Even though it doesn't sound like things are that exciting with us... That's actually what we're aiming for, especially yeah. leading into the holiday season. You know, like you kind of want to level out a little bit so that you can have those happy moments coming up with December. I just had like and a pie. really. Yeah, I just called my mom to be like, Mom, me and my boyfriend decided we're going on vacation in February. But then I'm going on vacation with you. And then I'm going on vacation with my brother. That many vacations in one year is so emotionally taxing. (laughs) I was like, not only do I not know if I can afford it all, that's so much planning. That's so much what ifs. Like, I was like, mommy, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) I'm a pathetic person. (laughs) On that note, what do you do when you're like, fuck, I'm so anxious. I don't know what to do. Sometimes you might turn to an advice column or you might go Google you might Google like what is an acceptable amount to like give someone on uh, as a wedding present or Google do I need to bring a gift um, when I go to a party and I would say nine times out of ten when you're asking an etiquette question the leading authority is Emily Post or the Emily Post uh, Institute uh, sometimes you might just get like a, an article on like, I don't know, like Ranker or Crack, but usually like, or just like some random website, but usually like the leading authority on etiquette is Emily Post. Do you dispute that? You no. laugh. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know those websites. <laughs> you, no, I'm just saying, oh, okay, BuzzFeed, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> like, but have you heard the name Emily Post before? Yes, of course. 
Okay, what do you what do you think when you hear Emily Post? Like, is what I've said accurate? Because I was like, yeah, what yeah. if nobody knows? Okay, but like, I think it is a good idea, yeah, to sort of introduce it for our listeners who yeah. are not as cultured as I have. <laughs> Emily Post is known as like the etiquette lady. Like, there's no one else that has like their career just like based in etiquette quite like Emily Post. Um, honestly, I didn't know whether she was dead. I don't know whether she was still alive because her etiquette still follows through to modern times. So, like, I was like, are we still looking at her old etiquette tips? Like, is someone else, like, like, updating them? Etiquette constitution? Yeah, exactly. And the reason why this came up was because I was on, like, my fashion and celebrity news site, Refinery29, and it was like, Etiquette tip, like modern etiquette tips for holiday parties. And I was like, how the fuck is Emily Post going to give modern etiquette tips for modern parties? Remember, remember when I made jingle juice and got so drunk? Yeah, I do. That was really good I stuff. Remember, though. it was called jingle juice. Pete, <laughs> okay, we won't even. Anyway, it was so good though, I, I and I had to pour it out, guys, the next day because I knew I was going to drink it all. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you did that. Sorry, go ahead. No, you do you. Emily Post actually died in 1960, so I kind of then looked into it because I was like, who who is doing this? And there is an Emily Post Institute, which is run by her direct descendants, all relatives. Like, it's not just, like, devotees. It's, like, her her nieces and nephews, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, so I'm going to, like, give you an example of an up-to-date Emily Post etiquette tip. But this was actually written by Lizzie Post who herself is an etiquette expert, and she's co-president of the Emily Post Institute. And I'm going to say, when I read her publishing credit, I was like, I don't feel like Emily Post would like this. Right. I'm a little skeptical because her name is Lizzie. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, her one authorship is linked to the book Higher Etiquette, colon, A Guide to the World of Cannabis. That's exactly where I thought you were going (laughs) when you said higher etiquette. So in the article I was reading, there was a lot of cannabis references. I was like, I don't relate to this. I don't go to parties where I question whether or not I have to give money for a group cannabis uh, stuff. Can't, wow, I sound like someone who doesn't know what weed is. <laughs> or someone who's like... I thought you were going to go with the, with the classic. I don't go to a cannabis party and ask, can I bus? <laughs> no, like one person was like, so if I get some cannabis for people to enjoy in the party, do I ask everyone for money? And another one was like, even though weed is legal where I live, I don't want people to be smoking weed at my party. Like, can I tell them no? Like, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But this one I related to. Except I don't like when people say Friendsgiving, but whatever. I went to a Friendsgiving and brought a dish. But afterward, my friend who hosted the Friendsgiving gathering Venmoed everyone $40 for food costs without warning wait let me fix that like i think charged? she asked everyone for 40 dollars. when i read the response it looks like she asked everyone for 40 dollars for food course how should i respond that would be great so a, if you went to a party though and somebody just gave everybody 40 dollars. <laughs> yeah no maybe if and dinner that, this no, is great would have understood that uh-uh. but the response implies that they requested money pete i want to ask you right off the bat if you went to a fucking party and the host asked you to send 40 dollars what would you do? Remember we went to the pig roast? Yeah. James's pig roast? He was going to do it the next year, 
or the following year, like one or two years later. But like he was like, it costs so much money to get the pig and then to like put make all the other food and everything like that. He was like, I'm thinking maybe I ask people for some money. And I was like, I don't think anybody's going to go. <laughs> That's the thing. Yes, I agree. But at that at the same time, it's not like you could go anywhere and get a pig that's been roasted in somebody's backyard. Whereas, like, with a Friendsgiving-type situation, you can pretty much go anywhere around that time of year and get some turkey and some cranberries and some potatoes. Well, yeah, two things. First of all, I would say, you know, if he's just inviting randos, like, yeah, no one's going to come. But if it's, like, a tight group of friends who expect that pig roast every year, I could see him being, like, you know, like, I don't have enough money for it this year. Please, can you respond whether or not you'd be interested in giving me $20? Then we can have it. Like an upfront. Also, let's say this person, this person having this Friendsgiving wanted people to give money. But you need to tell that fucking upfront because yeah. I made a dish. And if I made a dish, I don't think I should have to pay. I'm going to so, deduct for some my reason, costs from, from your charges. Yeah. For some reason, when I hear of an etiquette expert, I, I don't know why I, I automatically think like, their point of view is going to differ from mine because I've been known to not have the best etiquette. <laughs> I will say that. I'll say there's no reason for you to think that. I just remember like being at an event where someone was giving a speech and I was eating and someone said, Marissa, you're not supposed to be eating right now. Or oh, I remember when, that too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I don't want to listen. Listen, they eating. should not have put food in front of us if we weren't yeah. supposed to be eating it. The moment you put food in front of me, I find it socially acceptable to eat And if I'm not mistaken, wasn't it salad? Yes, it was fucking salad. What do you, just want your salad to get there? I can eat a salad when you're talking. Get there and get, like, nasty, just waiting for somebody to shut up. In a situation, by the way, where people were not inclined to shut up. (laughs) I know. Also, like, I often have debates with people about what I should give people for weddings Meaning, not because I'm a, I am want to be cheap, but because I have a budget. And I don't necessarily think, like, I should expect it to give beyond my budget. Also, like, whether or not, like, um, let me see other things that people tell me I'm out of control. I don't drive, and a ceremony and a reception are at two separate places. And I'm like, I don't think I should have to go to both. Yeah. <laughs> like, things like that. Anyway, so let's hear what the leading authority on etiquette would say. Well, the descendant of the leading authority on etiquette. <laughs> Uh, she says, you don't just request money from someone without first getting their buy-in. So this host is really in the wrong and not setting themselves up for success. And I think what they did is very poor form. It's important that if you're going to have a party where you want the expenses to be shared, you make that clear when you're inviting the people uh, that there is an expectation of cost involved, like not after the fact. This allows people who can't meet that cost to say, I'm sorry, I can't participate. If the situation you just described does happen, then I think you need to call your friend and say, hey, I just got your Venmo message and wanted to check in with you about it. I hadn't realized the party had costs associated with it in addition to the dish. Then you and your friends kind of figure out whether you're going to pay this $40 fee. If you do pay it, whether you're going to pay it over time, whether you're going to refuse (laughs) to pay it, whether you're going to stop being friends, things like that. I think that is fantastic etiquette, I will say, because... That host is a fucker. (laughs) So I was like, whoa, yeah, that's great. However, like I said, I was like, why is this person, like, why is this Lizzie Post? Why is this Refinery29 wanted wanted to have this article? Why did she go to the posts? So I wanted to learn a little bit about Emily Post and how she became, like, the foremost authority on how you navigate just social landscape. Like, 
Emily posts there's etiquette for weddings, there's etiquette for parties, there's etiquette for hosting things, there's etiquette for like hanging out, for the business, there's there's etiquette for everything. And her her book, which she made like I think in the twenties, it's on its eighteenth edition now. And the eighteenth edition uh even navigates things like social media. So they're constantly updating it. Guys, I wanna let you know something really quick before Marissa continues. One of the things that I really find fascinating about this and i hope you do too and i encourage you to keep this in mind as you listen Uh, what is etiquette except the way that you're supposed to behave right Mm -hmm. and marissa is so against the way that you're supposed to behave absolutely (laughs) in her core (laughs) yeah absolutely but but i think it's really interesting because it lends itself to your exploration of and you're not really saying this but like who this bitch (laughs) tell me i'm gay Exactly, because I was like, this is all fucking, like, up for debate. This is all relative. Like, I don't, but that's what I, that's the thing. When I read this this thing and before I saw the response, I was ready to fight with this bitch. But, like I said, sometimes I'm like, okay, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, Emily Post was born in 1873 in New York, New York. Like I said, she's basically considered the end-all, be-all. Her, her name is linked to proper manners, in, and like her, her manners were published in books, in newspapers. She had a column, and she even like had a radio broadcast back in the day. Right now, there is currently a podcast. So she was born into a wealthy family. Fucking, of course. You think a fucking yeah. poor person is going to like start this shit? Contemporary yeah, exactly. Emily Post would just be like, "Well, leave the party, please." Exactly. She's an only child, which is. Somehow also makes sense to me. Yes, it does, 100%. She grew up in an era of servants and chaperones. By chaperones, I mean, like, if you're a young person who's, like, being courted by a man, you're supposed to have an older person there with you to make sure that, like, you behave properly. And Emily was home-educated and attended a finishing school, those schools that, like, tell you the proper way to behave and prepare you for, like, social life and, like, being out in society. She traveled often to Canada, France, and Italy uh, with her father, uh, often to, like, go with him on his business dealings. And she married Edwin Post in 1892, a banker. Um, Emily and her husband drifted apart, and he cheated like Cray. And because of that, they divorced in 1905. Uh, She actually asked for no money from him because he had lost almost everything in the stock market crash. And this is kind of the turning point in her life um, because she was divorced. Why are you laughing? This is the turning point in her life. Up to this point, she was very open and accepting of everybody's differences. Oh, no, 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 no. No, And then she became uh, an etiquette hound. No, in terms of how she lived, like what she focused her time on because she was, Mm. you know, she's a mother before her husband was a bedwinner. But now... She has no money and she's divorced. To add to her small income and support herself and the sons, she began writing short stories that were published in popular fiction magazines. She also wrote a few novels. One of them, her first novel in 1904, was called The Flight of a Moth. It was about being a young American widow attracted to a crooked Russian nobleman. She actually was a pretty successful writer and... Even though she had a small income, she was a woman of position, so she became, like, well-known and well-known for her writing. So Post was encouraged by editors Funk and Wagnall. Do they sound familiar to you? No. They sound familiar to me, but I don't remember why. That wasn't like a, oh, well, no, listen to this. that was like a band from the 70s. 
uh, fuck am I going? They, they published something well known or something. I feel anyway. They were. In, oh no, I'm sorry. She was encouraged by an editor at Funkin' Wagnalls uh, to write a book on etiquette. These Funkin' Wagnalls. <laughs> Basically, since she was in you know high society for so long, and she's traveled the world, and she she's had like all sorts of experiences, they figured she would be a good authority on it. The book she wrote was Etiquette, the Blue Book of Social Social Usage. And it was published in 1922, and it quickly became a bestseller, bringing her fame and lots of money. The thing is that, like, there were other etiquette books at this time, but uh, I think I read that hers was kind of like the most straightforward and digestible uh, of, of the many out there. So Post's guiding belief was that good manners began with consideration for the feelings of others and included good form and speech, knowledge of proper social graces, and charm and she believed that the best way to do anything was the way that pleased the greatest number of people and defended the fewest that is a notion that i am i both support and am at odds with (laughs) and i'm conflicted before her book had been out even a month readers began bombarding her with questions that the book had not yet addressed and these formed the basis of later versions of the book so like I said, there just kept being more and more updates because there were, you know, like you could publish a book with a thousand questions on how to be, you know, the proper etiquette. But people are going to have an endless amount of questions. Right. Her book was originally written for people who were newly rich, who wanted to live, entertain and speak like the wealthy. That's obnoxious. In my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> but the focus of later versions of the book kind of catered to a more like every woman like it catered to this character that was quote mrs three in one a woman who who cooked you know what was a waitress and was a charming hostess at small dinner parties i don't think that means a waitress in a restaurant but who knows what that means i think she means like she'll serve also like she does everything that's what i took from that i don't don't, assume she wrote i don't like this (laughs) why that poor woman sounds like three servants in one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Although Post's advice on social behavior changed over the years, because she did, like, kind of evolve with the time. She, she paid attention to what was socially acceptable. It wasn't like, what I say goes. It was like, I pay attention to the times. I'm going to help, you know, you navigate the current social landscape. But even in later versions of her book, the one thing she re- refused to evolve on was the idea of the chaperone. She always thought that someone should be, you know, with, like, young, single people out together. And she also maintained an earlier belief that it was improper for a woman to ever visit a man alone in his apartment or to go on overnight automobile trips. Oh. Okay. My mother um, also seems to believe that, mostly. Overnight automobile trips? She gave me crap for being at boys' homes and being on trips with them until, like, my late 20s. Mm-hmm. So her etiquette book, her, her main etiquette book, which was um, considered the American standard of etiquette for so many years, was reported to be second only to the Bible as the book most stolen from libraries for a while. I don't know if that still applies, but at least for many <laughs> years. What? Most stolen from the library. Yeah, isn't that bizarre? Yeah. In 1946, Emily Post uh, formed the Emily Post Institute, headed by her son Edwin, to study, to further study, you know, 
problems in society and keep things up to date. And Emily re- posts remain active throughout her entire life. Uh, she would always wake up early and devote time to reading letters from readers and devoting time to her daily column while she was alive. So basically, she was just a rich woman who happened to just make the most like accessible etiquette book at a given time. And it's not like anyone else was the leading authority, so people just latched onto her accessibility. She paid a lot of, she put a lot of time into reading letters and like answering the questions that people asked of her. Like yeah. she seemed like she was really good and engaging. If she was alive today, people would say she had a very good social media presence. I would, I would say. So I think Why? that's the key. Like she, you know, she like talks with people on fans and social media, answers their questions. Okay. You don't get that? You don't agree? Like she no, probably I mean, like. I, I kind of yeah, I kind of get it. No, not not that they would say she would have to be on social media. Let me write that. If it was today, she probably would have a very good social media presence. Not that <laughs> they would call it she had a good social media presence. I said that wrong. Yeah. So yeah. Pete, do you have any, even though we can both Google things now, are there any etiquette that I could, questions you have that I could see if I could find her response to immediately? Not really. I'm, I'm like, I guess I should wear a tie. That's kind of... <laughs> I didn't, it wasn't a question, but okay. <laughs> um, I, I, I have to say that I'm, I'm sort of like stuck on this one point where it's like, say your last name is Kellogg's. Mm-hmm. And you were born into the Kellogg's family, and now you get to run yeah. cereal companies. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the same thing as the Post family, which is weird that I decided to use cereal since there's also a brand of cereal called Post. But yeah, the thing. I will say I 100% agree with you. Like I was just, I also was like, what the fuck? Like just because they're her, um, just because they're her sibling. But it seems like the people involved in it, like you know, love etiquette. In, eat sleep breathe etiquette that's that's what they want to do with their life like they take it it doesn't seem like they're just like whatever so i mean that's just the vibe i got from looking at all the shit on the website i'm gonna just randomly give some etiquette things and you can judge whether or not you like their their etiquette i will tell you i think weddings are the most fucking yeah full most fucking obnoxious etiquette and like ritual and like all this like bullshit that i don't agree with because holy shit I have, like, a bunch of people around me getting married recently, and I just hate everything that comes out of their mouths. And I was like, just fucking, like, break the chains, bitches. Yeah, there's a lot of times when I'm just, you know, just follow your heart. Yeah, I'm going to read. I'm on. So, by the way, if you ever want to see the Emily Post Institute and you want to see some of the tips they have or some of the books they have, just go to emilypost.com. That will take you to the Emily Post Institute. Uh, I just opened Advice, Common Bridal Dilemmas Solved. And I'm just going to randomly pick one. Um, do I have to wear white? What we have here is a supposed to question. One that is rooted in a particular... That's your stru- whole career, lady. <laughs> yes. Strong tradition. Technically, a bride does not have to wear white. In fact, Queen, before Queen Victoria, brides simply wore their best dress no matter the color. The queen, however, set the trend that became a tradition. Okay. Today, if you choose a dress that is not a shade of white, you aren't breaking a rule of etiquette. However, when considering varying from the tradition, recognizing your choice may draw attention from the purpose of the day or be upsetting to others from older generations. There we go. I'm going to say right now, I have a feeling that the Emily Post Institute wouldn't be giving as black and white answers as Emily Post herself would. That's just my, like, assumption. 
because I feel like traditions were more deeply ingrained in society like back in the day. And I feel like now like people are bending the rules and, and all sorts of things. Like, do you agree with me or no? Yeah. Like I feel like one of the problems with saying anything is like appropriate, right? So it changes. And also there just seems to be more of an awareness of different cultures and different norms and that sort of thing. Yeah. So it's hard to say like hard lined, you know, this is the right answer. Like, do I wear white to the wedding? Well, are you a virgin or not? <laughs> like, like that yeah, feels yeah, like yeah. the way that Emily Pose might answer that question. <laughs> not that bluntly, but... <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Whereas today it'd be like, well, do you want to wear a luchador mask? I'm sorry, I'll take that out. <laughs> Don't take it out. She's not watching this. <laughs> Listening to this. I-, I will say, so like I said, I fucking hate etiquette. I do sometimes turn to Emily Post when I'm going somewhere where I know it will cause massive upheaval if I don't follow the etiquette. Yeah. Like, I will eat a fucking salad during any fucking speech I want, bitches. But, like, if I think I'm going to wildly offend someone. Like, I hate arbitrary rules just for the sake of having rules, but um, I, I don't like to wildly offend people that I respect, so... I think for me it's usually like a fear of standing out for the wrong reason. That's that's why I would consult some sort of etiquette thing. Like, what am I supposed to wear to a whatever? Because I don't want to be the like. What does business casual mean? <laughs> like, you know that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah honestly, business casual is pretty loose these days. But um, I Google not Google. I I look up basically wedding dress codes and amount amounts of money I'm supposed to either tip people. Or give at weddings. Yeah. That's really it. Um, and I feel like I have yeah. kind of like a baseline for the tip. And then like, I'm whatever whatever about- else I would like to put on top of that sort of thing. And then when it comes to like wedding stuff, guy at work invited me to his wedding and I didn't go to his wedding. But I gave him a card with money in it and a bottle of blue champagne because I thought it was cool looking. Oh, that's And he was enough. like... Thank you so much. And I was like, you're welcome so much. And that was it. And I wrote something very nice in the card and personal, you know. And and that, like, to me, that means much more than me going to his wedding and him possibly looking across the room and seeing me holding my head up on my on my arm going, like, this is boring. Not that uh, I, not that it sounded like it was a boring party or anything. But yeah. um, I don't know. I, I'm not comfortable in parties, so... Guys, I was to tell you this. Hopefully, I don't get arrested for admitting this because I think this is a crime. Somebody doesn't know that whoever lived in my apartment in the past doesn't live here anymore, and it looked like they got married. And it, two people who didn't go to the wedding sent cards, and I didn't really. I I just opened mail because <laughs> I'm sometimes I'm gonna write return to sender. And I'm just like throw it away. Uh, anyway. So I just opened them just to see. One of them had a check. I'm not going to fucking take a check that's not mine. So I t- uh, taped the letter back and wrote return to sender. And then one of them said, like, sorry, I couldn't make it. And, like, didn't give anything. And I was like, oof. Oof. <laughs> I was like, uh, they shouldn't even get this card. <laughs> so they probably didn't. Sorry, I couldn't make it. <laughs> Check your Venmo. <laughs> I'm charging you $40. And I think it was, like, a pretty close relative uh but anyway but also like if they got invited to the wedding so you think they know their real address yeah 
Although I do, I do listen while we're talking about etiquette. Okay, how about always do your mail forwarding? Yeah, I know, and don't expect the person who lives in your current apartment to feel like writing returns. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, how about an icebreaker? Oh shit! I'm sorry. Marissa, icebreaker. No, I didn't want to cut you off. I thought you were having fun. Yeah. Okay. Let's do the icebreaker. Marissa, what trend has died out that you would like to see come back? Can you answer that while I decide my answer? This is from, uh, like, icebreakerquestions.com. Okay, I like that. And I just, you know, went with my gut. I, what are you doing? Oh, I'm sorry, nothing. Continue. I just went with my gut, and I thought... MC Hammer pants. All of mine are pants related. Oh my god! I mean, that is fun. I don't have to wear it for it to come back, but like, yeah, I yeah. think it'd be fun to walk around looking at people in MC Hammer pants. No, I totally understand. I also like. I don't know how to say this right, but like, not skinny pants. Do you know what? I'll tell you this right now. Almost all I wear are skinny pants. I think flare pants are gross, but I was watching Nine Hundred Two and O. And I was seeing their, like, relaxed fit jeans mm-hmm. that weren't flare, but they were just, like, like a straight leg relaxed. Yeah. I think they're very flattering to everyone. I Why, miss- thank you. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's my answer. My answer is a relaxed fit straight leg jean. Uh, it's, not, it's not, like, they don't look like leggings. They don't look like fucking flares. They're not fucking Jenkos. They're just, like, I don't know, like a... They look like a wrangler or some shit. I don't know. Not like a, a person wrangling. I mean, like, when I think of wrangler jeans, I think of a relaxed fit straight leg jeans or something. Like Lil Nas X wranglers. Yeah, yeah. Like some, I don't even know if that's what he's wearing, but th- in my mind, yes. Wranglers yeah, on my booty. Yeah, wranglers on my booty, exactly. <laughs> I, I kind of want to wear that, but, like, I I don't know if I could pull that off. Unless, you like, better check with the Emily know, Post I, Institute. Oh, yawning and they said shut up guess what guys me and peter are on zolop yawn party <laughs> anyway it's time for plugs it's time for plugs so would you plug emily posts legacy in books no <laughs> no i would plug <laughs> uh i just like this weekend i had to make a bunch of cookies and grade a bunch of papers and I didn't want to do either one of them. So I watched season three of Goliath on Amazon. This is sort of like a novelty type of plug because there are so many old white actors in it. <laughs> and I was just like, whoa, that's what? What's that person? Oh, that's who that is. Like who? Who? <laughs> uh, they got Billy Bob Thornton. He's the star. Oh, okay. uh, Bo Bridges, Dennis Quaid. And Dennis Quaid has some real heavy acting <laughs> that Amy Brenneman's in it who I haven't seen in ages and apparently William Hurt has been in the series <laughs> for quite some time but you know like okay. with, with streaming shows sometimes there's so much time in between them you'd f- totally forget what the hell happened yeah yeah speaking of TV shows Marissa <laughs> <laughs> okay did you see that Stars is working on a Weeds sequel 
Oh, God. No, nobody wants that. Nobody's asking for that. Nobody wants that. Weeds 420. And it takes oh. place 10 years after the show. And I'm like, after oh, the show, what does fun. that mean? In the last episode, it was like 20 years in the future. Oh, I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't make it to the end. That show became ridiculous. Yeah. Um, is it still with Mary Louise Parker or whatever? Yep. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> great. I'm sure she can't just do a different show that's better. Uh, my plug is I'm only two episodes in and I don't have Apple Plus, so I don't know when I'll get to watch the other ones. But uh, even though I read not great reviews, I really like the morning show, at least two episodes in. It's the show with Jennifer Aniston and uh, Reese Witherspoon and Steve Carell, who's possibly uh, supposed to be based on Matt Lauer. No? How is he groping people? People in a morning show, the main guy in the morning show gets fired because of sexual harassment. So then uh, Jennifer there, Aniston needs to get a counterpart. Is there like an Al Roker type? No, I don't think it's totally Good. based on it. I just think Good. maybe Steve Carell is. No, no. Also, this is not a plug, but I forgot to tell it as to how I am. That sentence didn't make sense. Anyway. Um, Salad bowl, know, guys. I, We're mixing it all up. Yeah. I went to a Victorian morning fair, and I paid $40. How do you spell morning? M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. Okay, just checking. Yeah, Victoria, Victorian morning clothing, funerary mementos, like... Uh, pictures of dead people because Victorians used to take pictures of corpses <laughs> dressed up nice um, and hair jewelry because Victorians used to make jewelry with people's hair uh, I bought a medicine bottle, an antique medicine bottle with pills still inside pills that I think would possibly be poisonous were I to take them Yeah. they have strychnine which isn't rat poisoning they have belladonna which large quantities of will kill you and they have two other things that I don't know what they are Still pills in the bottle. Paid $40, and the bottle's, like, size of my thumb. <laughs> Not proud of it, but I felt like I deserved it. Sharp contrast to last week's episode when we found out that Marissa bought tickets to the Mariah Carey Christmas special. Oh, fuck. Now I'm stressed about money again. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just forgot. I was talking about stylistically. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Anyway... Um, yeah, guys, so thanks for listening. You could give us a call at 570-PODWOD1. Uh, tell us something weird you spent money on or <clears throat> ask me advice, and I will be your personal Emily Post. Yeah. Give us a dollar on Patreon. I will be your personal Emily Post via Skype if you like. I will call you and for give you... Let's, yep. let's, get, let's get to two. Okay, Go two dollars. I will... I will give you a Skype call and answer your question, and we could talk it out if you disagree with me. Uh, for one dollar, I'll call you on the phone if you want. Uh, you can't give fifty cents. Uh, I'm no. sorry. For one dollar, I'll either call you on the phone, text message you, or I can answer it on air. I guess. <laughs> no. For okay, no. Let me change that. Two dollars, I'll Skype call you. One dollar, I'll call you personally. No dollars, I'll answer it on air. Okay. Okay. All right. Guys, I I think we should end the show. (laughs) Okay, bye!